Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Tomorrow isn't promised, so I'm ignoring creditors today. (laughs) Throw me to the wolves and I'll return injured or possibly dead. (laughs) (laughs) You better come through if you know what's good for you. (gasps) Oh, I love (laughs) O'Reilly. Oh my God. Aren't those some of your like favorite taglines? Yes. Rhyming vibe. Yeah. When, when Mother Dr. Goose Seuss. jumps out, yeah. <laughs> I always feel like when I when it clicks in my brain that someone's rhyming, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so smart. Like, not only is it funny, but like, look at me realizing that it rhymes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the bar is low. What can I tell you, theater major? You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 239, and I am so excited to be joined by two people whose thoughts and feels about all things housewives and more I trust implicitly. And I'm so excited to see, will they betray it tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to one first timer and one alum to the people's Mm -hmm. people's couch. The hosts of the amazing podcast come through queen. Welcome Dan Calabrese and Brendan Davis. Hello. 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 Great to be back on my end. Oh my God, great to have you. So Dan, do you want to introduce yourself so that the listeners know who is Dan and who is Brendan? Sure, yeah. I'm Dan. I uh, probably have a a little bit more of a lisp, so you could just differentiate us between me and Brendan. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, we've been co-hosting Come Through to Queen together for over five years now. Jeez. Oh my God. And just excited to be here making my uh, People's People's Couch debut. Oh my God. And Brendan, we've, we we love you, but introduce yourself. Good to be bit. back. Um, I'm co-hosting with Dan. I met... <laughs> <laughs> I met the I met the dame at BravoCon and I think I've been on I think I've been on like a few times now. Yeah, I think you've been on like two or three times maybe, yeah. maybe more. Three, I think, um, yeah. And Dan, I don't know if you know this, but Brendan saved my life because at a certain point in BravoCon, it was either the maybe it was the last day, I forget. My body just shut down because mm. I was talking to so many people and I was doing this like doing some corresponding work or whatever and I just could not speak anymore it I actually felt like I was frozen in time my body like <laughs> it was like a form of trauma or something I like couldn't do it so Brendan very graciously and generously stepped in with some of the filming stuff that I had just to like help me behind the scenes because mm-hmm. I truly you saw me I was like I couldn't I I my I truly could <laughs> It was an intense couple days. It was I fun. It. I like helping out. I like approaching people and asking them to do yes. things. So it was fun. Sam, Sam, as do I. When I was like, Brendan, <laughs> please do this for me. Thank you so much. How are uh, you? How are you feeling about BravoCon right now? Um, I am amazed at the number of content creators who have asked me if I, but I know that we're all doing this with each other. Like, have you heard anything? Mm-hmm. And listeners have asked me. I have not heard a single. Thing. And I have to say that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, how is this going to go the first go around? And anyone who had any question about the quality of the event were mm-hmm. roundly, uh, understandably so, but they were absolutely incorrect when it came to the precision of the weekend and how fun it was and everything else. Mm-hmm. And this go around, you know, people are asking when are tickets going on sale? Understandably, because the event is scheduled for October. Mm-hmm. We're now in August and people need to buy their flights and hotels. I don't know. My assumption is that tickets or an itinerary or something will be announced soon, but I don't know how, you know, Lady Delta is going to yeah, impact right. all of this. And if that is a reason why there's been some delays, what do you guys think? Well, I think they just started tweeting and emailing about if you're a Bravo insider, like right. you can get tickets first or something. Right. But I'm just more thinking of it in terms of the ever changing world we live in. Cause mm-hmm. a mo- like two months ago, I'm like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. I could see this right. happening, mm-hmm. but now things are shifting a little bit where it's like, Hmm, I wonder how much this does make sense. I feel like a lot of people are pretending Delta is not happening and just going on their yeah. merry way. And I wonder if Bravo's doing that or not. Ooh. I would assume no, but we'll see. Dan, you need to get there if it is happening. Yeah, I will somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, you're bo- would you both go? Why, Brendan, why are you saying for Dan to definitely go? Oh, because he wasn't there last year. So, I mean, oh, yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. He was yeah. there in 2019. Okay, got it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think a part of the probably some confusion of it, not to say that there's any confusion going on at, like, HQ, but just mm-hmm. in the world at large is, like, how do you plan any kind of convention-esque gathering when there's travel involved when the majority of the talent does or or a great majority of the talent rather doesn't live in new york or the new york area 
Like, how do you even book that travel Mm -hmm. when there's so much we don't know? Like, what happens if a full cast is in the middle of filming, which would never, that would, you know, ostensibly pre-COVID be a no big deal situation. And then the night before, God forbid, someone, you know, has to quarantine. And then the cast, like, does that mean the whole franchise is out? There are so many questions. We really don't know. Yeah. I thought we were finally to like a good space as far as like them streamlining all of this stuff, but now yeah. Miss Delta said, surprise bitch. <laughs> yeah, and it's like everything that I read every day is drastically different from the day before. And sometimes you have that like leftover information of mm-hmm. okay, well, because I'm vaccinated, like, oh, it says it's I'm not even I can't even get it because I have Moderna, I have like the best one. And then however many whatever days or news cycles later, it's like JK. And it's it doesn't mean that the data wasn't wrong at the time. It just means mm. that this is new science and the yeah. data is constantly right. changing based on stats that are ever changing and ever evolving as the virus changes and evolves and mutates and whatever else. It's just a really, I can't imagine it from an event perspective, yeah. just trying to coordinate something like this. It just has on the best of days. It is a monster kind of event. It's just, there's so many variables they really, I mean, Brendan, you can speak to this. I just really thought they did such a fantastic job in mm-hmm. 2019. And I cannot imagine the stress of trying to figure something out now. And also, like, COVID testing. Right. Or, because mm-hmm. now we know getting vaccinated, you know, you can be asymptomatic. But it doesn't, you know, there's just a lot going yeah. on. I don't know. I don't know what the minimum is for them to ask of people attending. All know? I know is I am happy that it is not my job to figure that oh out. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm an event producer by trade and I just can't, I just, the, I actually sort of feel the stress in my bones when mm-hmm. I, uh, when I talk about it because I've, I've worked on incredibly difficult, stressful events in in ones with celebrities or notables whatever and this is just like you just throw in the pandemic where you know i've never had to worry i've never really had to worry about like my personal safety when it comes to like health (laughs) and this is just like scary i wonder i wonder if bravo is going to move to like a more uh outside model with as many events as possible because it is Mm. october so it's still relatively nice in new york city Mm -hmm. yeah and andy cohen is besties with barry diller who owns the little island or whatever that just opened so oh. maybe bravo con goes to little islands that new <laughs> park on the mushroom. west side it's yeah. like a mushroom <laughs> garden it looks so fucking weird mm-hmm. i haven't been yet because it just looks so odd to me i know yeah. it's an odd looking little guy yeah. it's a weird <laughs> Uh, mush- I just look at it. I'm like, oh, it's like a mushroom cloud that cost a million bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. I know. And God bless. Um, but who doesn't want a mushroom park? Honestly, it's what we need True. right now. It's for our spirit, for our journey. Um, so, guys, I have to ask, what was the impetus for Come Through Queen five plus years ago? How did you guys decide? You know, were you friends prior? Was mm-hmm. it an ongoing conversation? How did you guys decide to like? ladder up and and make your conversations about housewives into a pod i go ahead dan i think you can yeah. start um so i we had talked about it for a while i think at the time i was more of a podcast listener than brendan was mm-hmm. um and 
we knew it was going to be housewives focus with dabbling into pop culture because we talk about like other things musicians here and there the view big brother drag race so we do a lot of things there but it's mostly bravo and housewives focused and i think we wanted to line it up with when uh roni was premiering so we waited for a season premiere of that mm-hmm. and yeah we kind of just like took off from there started with like cheap junky equipment our first few episodes definitely sound like we're recording in a fishbowl mm-hmm. uh but we've been doing it since then pretty much every week we take like maybe two two weeks off a year <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we were getting to the point in our friendship where we just as a social event like to hang out would be like let's get together and rank all of the housewives of all time and oh like we God, were having cocktails and sitting at my apartment and like putting post-it notes on the wall oh like ranking God, them I literally like for no one but us yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and actually on our Patreon, we've now embarked on a larger project where we're going franchise to franchise and <gasps> laddering up to what eventually will be like a master ranking and having very interesting and sometimes contentious conversations um, while doing so. So yeah. it's been fun. Do you remember who your top five was then back in the day? Ooh, it's tough, but I'm guessing it was like some combination of like Lisa Vanderpump, yep. Ramona, Nini, Bethany, and like probably at that point Caroline Manzo, but like Wow. T- tough to remember back those that era. Yeah. Can you and you're working your way through another master ranking now. Do you imagine that those ladies will change? That whomever is at the top, it's going to be relatively different from that? Well, Potomac and Dallas didn't even exist when we originally did it. So mm. And I think Potomac is going to be a strong representation near the top. Yeah, I texted Dan the other day, not to like ruin or expose what our final thing will be, but I was like, I wonder if we're at a point where it's like, we're fighting between Karen and Giselle as top two of all time. (laughs) (laughs) No. My troll brain thinks maybe so. (laughs) Shut up. Tell me about that. Because you just mentioned, you mentioned historically important figures in Housewives. You mentioned Lisa Vanderpump. I was surprised by Caroline, but I'm very Mm -hmm. into it. I think you mentioned Bethany. Mm -hmm. Um, What about both Karen and Giselle make them the very, very top of the top tier housewives for you. Well, Potomac is an anomaly because how many people do we still have with us who started on the first season? I think it's more than Mm -hmm. any other housewives franchise. They're all so good at their job. Karen and Giselle, the way that they spar and yet keep it fun and interesting to this day after so many seasons makes them Mm -hmm. so good in my brain though. We've discussed this on our podcast, but I'm a little worried that it might be going a little too far this season, but we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. I just think they're so they're so good. Giselle, I know that most people love Karen so much, but I've always been Giselle's number one fan since she came on to <laughs> TV. I just think she's so, so wonderful. Yeah. People hate her, and I don't understand it. I think she's so... She's so good at this and you can be like, well, she's duplicitous or she's doing this for whatever and she's, you know, saying stuff she should or whatever machinations, Mm -hmm. you know, are going on. I just think she's 
also so great at being a housewife. Yeah. But like, doesn't that no long, doesn't that matter the value that someone brings right now? It's such a weird quasi likability contest online. It, it, it actually does not make sense to me. I mean, she does such a good job of walking the fine line of being shady and messy, but not going yes. overboard where it's like, you're going into really bad territory right. and like going too far. And then also, well, this is what we're worried about. Like we want them to be able to be in the same room, Karen and Giselle. And right. I thought this week with the pajama party, I'm glad that we showed up in the same room. We actually talked to each other, even though we're not on good terms. So I think like they, they know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. I also think like the women on Potomac want to keep their jobs mm-hmm. and they understand the job requirements. And I cannot see any of those women saying, I'm not going to show up if so-and-so is <clears> filming. <throat> the only exception, which is understandable, is after the altercation yeah. last season. Yeah. Obviously, the idea of Candace and Monique filming together, it just would have been too, there was just too much that had happened. And I actually don't blame either of them for that. I just think Mm -hmm. this situation was incredibly toxic. Mm -hmm. But with Karen and Giselle this year, I mean, Brendan, what you just mentioned of like the, they're towing that line of maybe going too far. I, there are moments where I'm watching the episodes right now and I'm like, oh, they might truly, I don't know that they will be able to get back to the Mm. like frenemies of it all because it does seem to be going very left. And then the trailer for next week came out, which ended with, please correct me on this, but something along the lines of like, Karen being like the Ray stuff was too long. Mm-hmm. Your you Ray stuff went too far, and Giselle's response was like, "I want him to live right. <laughs> and pay his taxes." And I was like, "Karen may not find that funny, but I am uh, laughing my yeah. ass off." Yeah, and I think Karen in particular is really self-aware of this. Uh, she was on Watch Weapons Live, I think, maybe after the premiere or recently, mm-hmm. and she talked about how important it is for to be successful on the show her and Giselle are in this frenemy space where we're like never going too far so I think she's aware and I hope Giselle's aware and doesn't go too far mm-hmm. I, how do you think the Wendy factor is going to affect that because allegedly mm-hmm. you know Giselle is going to bring up a rumor that either was pulled out of an ass or existed but she's doing it specifically to discuss it on camera do you think that will have an impact on Giselle and Karen's dynamic as far as line crossing I feel like these women are good at keeping things separate as far as Mm -hmm. like they're not taking sides in the way that we're seeing on other like series or franchise like there's no like two two clear sides or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's everyone's relationship is a little more uh, fluid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sarah, did you see, I don't know which account posted this, but someone pulled from the original season trailer, Giselle talking about the Eddie rumors to Ashley. And that was from the scene where they were having the lemon pound cake in the coffee shop. But they, but that did not air during that episode. Is this going to be like, and not to like, 
discount it to the level of New York, but is that going to be like the scene where Dorinda is like drunkenly yelling at someone over the phone and we never actually saw it happen? We never actually saw that moment take place during the episode, but it was like an enormous part of the trailer and yeah. our expectations for the season. What do we think? Of, because we know it's going to come up. Yeah. Right? I, I can't imagine that the Eddie rumors storyline is just going to go in the garbage altogether. Right. Maybe they're saving it and going to roll it out in some funny way like they did with the Denise thing where mm-hmm. like bravo bravo mm-hmm. bravo didn't happen and we were like where the fuck is bravo 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 right 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 right. <laughs> yeah so I don't know but like I kudos to whoever noticed that that was yeah. in the trailer and then that scene aired without that moment it's funny that that scene became all about the pound cake <laughs> and, and not about what was actually going to be the really explosive thing uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, that pound cake was really fascinating. Yeah. I was like, why isn't it falling down? <laughs> it's just like fully upright. It's just living its true best life because it knows it's on Potomac. Yeah. Had that been on New York, it would be mashed. It could not sustain itself, not for a single second. Someone get it a knife. Oh. you know. I, but, on, but on Potomac, it's, it's living its illustrious dream. Um, you know, speaking of illustrious dreams, some new faces on Potomac this season mm-hmm. um thoughts on the Mia of it all the energy of Mia I think I'm enjoying Mia so far um I do wish I was kind of on team Giselle and Robin during like the texting thing the tr- mm-hmm. texting exchange I didn't get why she was like so intense so early mm-hmm. uh but so far, I mean, she's adding something to this season, and I like that she's doing that. Yeah. I I like how with Mia, she's the CEO, but then this episode, she was the regional director. Like, I know. What, what are we? <laughs> Is she going to be like the secretary next week? <laughs> <laughs> There's something odd about that, the business boss of it all and Mm -hmm. I don't know quite what it is but I want more of a breakdown and I started to wonder to myself like you know when Jill Zarin first started on New York she was a part of the Zarin Fabrics empire Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we always associated Zarin or many of us associated Zarin Fabrics with Bobby Zarin's wealth but that's not it was like a family it was like the trinket to him it was a family business it's not actually where Mm -hmm. his wealth came from which I think was in real estate uh, and maybe some other business ventures. And I look at the massage chain, which is seemingly obviously much (laughs) more lucrative than like the one than than Zarin Fabrics, which, you know, we will always know and love Mm -hmm. aside from the real estate of, you know, that building in that location. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of wonder, like, is there something else? Like, is it that he's an entrepreneur or Mia has other businesses? Is there another stream of income? Because they're living in a penthouse. They're living really lavishly. I don't know. Maybe owning several, um, uh, uh, I want to call it a massage, but it's not a massage. It's chiropractic. chiropractic. Sorry. Apologies to the world (laughs) of massage and chiropractic. I think it's because my chiropractor is like a peace and love. He does give Mm. me a little bit of a massage moment. (laughs) So I always associate the two, but they are very different. So I I apologize. Although I love a massage Uh, as well. What can I say? Um, but I just kind of wonder about, that whole setup, like when did he shift into full-time 
like sort of taking care of the kids full time and she was running the business side and how much money is at stake. I don't know why. I always I'm always curious about the dollar signs, probably because we know so many of them are <laughs> fraud, you know. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is fraud that at this point I'm like, ooh, she's a business boss. Yeah. But, like, how much is that business worth? You yeah. know, like, how many millions? I mean, he seems – he comes across as, like, an entrepreneur kind of guy. And I love him being a stay-at-home dad because we don't see a lot of that on Housewives. Mm-hmm. The scene of him uh, FaceTiming her and he was talking about, like, how the one kid misses face-to-face time with Mia yes. – it, he just came across as like very sweet. I'm I'm mostly like trust no men, but for some reason that <laughs> scene got me. No, I I completely agree with you. I watched the way he communicated that to her, and he like the way that he even communicated like you know you're speaking you're responding in a way that's defensive was so emotionally mature, mm. and it felt like he was talking to her with a lot of care. Would she have appreciated if he had had the conversation with her later on? Maybe, Mm -hmm. but he was actually approaching it in the moment when she's saying, I cannot be there for this thing. And he's like, listen, I just want to make sure you're aware that this is like hurting the kiddo's feelings because he depends on this one-on-one moment and time with mom. And I thought that the way that he did that was really, I felt like with a lot of love. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah, Yeah, that kid wants to be sitting in the front seat with mom listening to Drops of Jupiter on the way to football practice, whatever. (laughs) That is a very specific memory for me personally. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. I think she's interesting casting to me because she is one of those housewives who does feel pretty performative. Mm -hmm. Like the texting of it all of, uh, do I think had cameras not been there, she would have said, um, if you want to see me call my secretary. Yeah. Do I think that would have happened? No. But am I enjoying her in this? Am I enjoying the performance? I am. Yeah. I really honestly am. I mean, I think even when some of some of these bickerings between different cast mates don't ring so true, I just mm-hmm. like that it's happening because there's just so many things happening between different people where it's not just Karen and Giselle all season. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, with Mia, and I think like we're in a unique time where we're getting students of the Real Housewives mm. who've been watching and it's happening yes. in different ways across all these cities, like with Ebony and Crystal too. So it's just like very interesting um, how it's playing out in Potomac. Yeah. I completely agree. And I also feel like, you know, there's something about being a performative housewife and there's something about being like a mid franchise performative housewife or a perform or a housewife who feels like she has earned her wings. Yeah. And, you know, Zen Wen (laughs) came on this season with a bag of tricks. She came on with the most beautiful breasts I've ever seen in my entire life. Like her doctor. I mean, Wendy has always been beautiful, but like, She looks like she was sculpted into like this gorgeous Grecian stuff. I mean, it, it a plus plus. And when do we ever see good work? Right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shout out Vicky G. Like this is phenomenal. But putting that aside, you know, Wendy has adjusted herself a little bit, and it's not because of the procedures. It feels like. 
there is maybe a refresh to the kind of Wendy she wants to be or right. maybe a comfort level. You know, there's so much stress associated with being a first time first season housewife. And maybe she feels like, OK, I have some staying power now. Now I can make some changes. You know, it's, what are your thoughts? It seems then like when? <laughs> it seems like the Google Doc with her plan for season two is a lot more thorough than her own business plan prepared got along. <laughs> so I think That's she's exactly it. She's really thought this through and I, I like to see it. I mean, like she's coming a bit messy. She's a little bit villainy in some points, but we love Zen Wen. Yeah. I can't get enough. I mean, like I stand her so hard her first season. Yeah. yeah. And even though she's giving us a different flavor this season, I'm still team Zen Wen. I love her whole family. I love Eddie. I love the kids. I love the mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't get enough of her. I think Eddie is like one of the greatest. Mm. I put him at Jonathan Schindler levels. Okay. Yeah. Great supportive partner. Yeah. Asking the right questions. Why are you spending all this money on fucking candles? Like truly mm-hmm. you need a second paragraph to that business plan. Like what is happening? I just really think they seem very supportive of each other truly like aside from the you know at game night don't you fucking dare write anything close to me on that fucking piece of paper or else i will destroy you shortly thereafter um but aside from those moments or maybe because of those moments it just they just seem very um comfortable with each other and we've seen so many different marriage spouse sometimes partner sometimes supportive models on housewives that it's nice to see something that feels healthy for both of them noting the fact that this is ironically going to be the relationship that's seemingly most under attack Mm -hmm. you know yeah wait going back to game night one second or game day or whatever uh (laughs) (laughs) did anyone catch ashley darby on um watch robins live last night and michael was behind the bar Mm -hmm. and they played the new newlywed game and the wife that michael would pick is giselle which i found interesting and Ashley picked Giselle as well. Yeah. I mean, I sorry, I am so behind on Watch What Happens. I'm just still stuck on the fact that Michael was the bartender. I yeah, know. crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was Ashley, and the other guest was Ryan O'Connell from Special. And oh yeah, Michael was behind the bar. Wild. Do we really want him interacting with other show production teams? (laughs) I know. Has he earned his stripes in that way? I know. Um, Going back to that too, Ashley Darby. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so grateful for her and Mm. how she puts it all out there and continues to Mm. put it all out there, even after like years and years of being burned by her husband. Yeah. Truly a team player. I can't imagine. I mean, honestly, I was so proud of myself. I went for a walk and I actually put on makeup and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I really thought about it. Truly. I went back and forth for a solid 45 Mm. minutes before I spent the two to three on like shellacking on some mascara and calling it a day. And I look at Ashley, who's so pregnant. Mm -hmm. She's like Mm. at her due date. I, you know, I just think. How tired must this person be physically, emotionally, spiritually? She is cooking Mm -hmm. a child inside of her. Yeah. 
and dealing with the stress of filming. It's not like getting dressed to go to dinner, which I would think would be a huge undertaking Mm -hmm. in her state. And now she's doing it to film a reality TV show. You look at the little that has been given to us by so many, Mm. BCC New York, Mm -hmm. and then there's Ashley, who's 17 months pregnant and is going to film with her husband and then films immediately after her water has broken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my fucking God. When she came to the reunion super pregnant, I was like, okay, they're probably going to let her give birth, pick up filming after. (laughs) And then we tend to follow the filming stuff. like income through queen to like know what's gonna come what's shaken and then when we saw that potomac was filming and she had not given birth yet we were like what the fuck is going on i know (laughs) it's wild i just want to it's she seems so dedicated and it's so interesting to watch her once again try to maneuver the narrative that all is well with michael and Mm -hmm. he's so great because like in these moments where she's like You've been so supportive. She's not really saying that to him. She's saying that to us about him. He just Mm. happens to be there, you know, drinking his Corona, living his best life. And it's fascinating to watch that take place and then have have him introduce the idea of going into entertainment as a (laughs) business investment, which... In the best of ways, he would lose money, and that would be the best thing to happen to them if something went down. Because I think of Michael as someone who probably was, God forbid, is like inspired by terrible things that have happened because he's so devoted to crossing boundaries with people who are not giving him any indicator that that it's appropriate acceptable or appreciated Mm -hmm. and now he wants to go to entertainment which has historically been a world of people taking advantage of those who do not have or are trying desperately to hold on to their place right and it's like of course he would want (sighs) to join that of course he looks at that and he's like this is the next step you know like this will be my new hobby yeah I mean, when they were having that conversation, I was I was thinking, oh, you need to go talk to Sonia Rita about movie production and yeah. how that cost her all the equity in her townhouse. And her, she had a place in France. Mm. So we could have had a Bluestone Manor, but a oh. French fucking chateau. And we lost it because of a contract with John Travolta Ugh. that went John Travolta's at it again. wanted to be the one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I want to get your thoughts on something that we have all seen on social. But first, I have to say that this episode has been brought to you and me and all of us by Jeff Lewis Has Issues, a brand new podcast I am already obsessed with. You may know Jeff Lewis from the hit Bravo series Flipping Out or his Sirius XM radio show Jeff Lewis Live. And now Jeff is bringing you a brand new podcast we think you'll love called Jeff Lewis Has Issues. Guys, have you seen Flipping Out? Oh, of course. Yes, of course. Favorite character. Favorite character. I liked Jenny. And I know that, is that bad to say during your ad read? (laughs) (laughs) No, we all love 
Jenny. We love Jeff and Jenny together. Yeah. I have hope that they will be together once more. Yeah. I really do. Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, Zoila was the fan favorite, mm-hmm. obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that yeah. was an iconic piece in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. And I also feel like the title of this podcast, Jeff Lewis Has Issues, is so spot on, not only for the the life of Jeff, mm. the narratives, the stories that we've seen play out, but because of his relationships with people. Like, my hope, I genuinely think if Shaw's can come back together the way it has mm. this season after incredibly fractured friendships, mm-hmm. I absolutely see a future with Jeff and Jenny. So fingers crossed, maybe that'll be a, a special episode. But whether it's drama with family and friends or parenting, relationships, there's no denying Jeff Lewis has issues. Jeff is joined each week by friends, experts, and celebs from Tamara Judge and Jackie Schimmel to Judge Lauren Lake, Patty Stanger, and others as they take a no-holds-barred deep dive into every Every detail of Jeff's life. Come for the laughs and leave feeling so much better about your own life. God knows I will. <laughs> Check out Jeff Lewis has issues. You can subscribe now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite pod. Thanks, Jeff Lewis has issues for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> I mean, talk about come through. Come through, Jeff. Um, I do want to talk about someone who has an issue here or there, uh, according to some photos that we saw released on social and the um, greater www dot, mm-hmm. thanks to page six, Tom Girardi looking svelte. I don't know. Yeah. Aged. Yeah. I mean, I do think when you get to that age, things mm-hmm. can quickly take a turn when you're like, when you least expect it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, uh, Ryan Bailey posted a meme that was so funny that I'm a hundred percent gonna, um, completely fuck up, but it was something along the lines of like, and now we know this is what Tom looks like when he actually drives off a cliff, which is like, oh my God. <laughs> listen, it's a burn, it's a burn. And I don't want to be like, wow, he looks terrible. Mm. Um, poor guy yeah. because. But I and I also don't want to be like, let's just completely light this man on fire. Yeah. But I genuinely, my instinct when I saw those photos was like, wow, he looks different. All right. Well, I hope he's able to hang around so that he can actually spend some time in prison for all of the people that he violated and defrauded. Like, I'm not wishing him the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just sure. hoping that he is with us in whatever form for long enough to be held accountable. And so that some of those victims get some, a little bit of justice. Yeah. 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 And not to compare him, uh, um, uh, with Harvey Weinstein, but we have seen Mm. men in great positions of power who are, arrested attempt to be held accountable you know harvey obviously in a much different circumstance but was like showing up to court with a walker yeah and a lot the tennis ball he had props there Mm -hmm. were things happening so that he could look as feeble as possible which is not to say that's what's happening with tom but it is to say that regardless of whatever state he's in now he was not in that state for the many, many years that he was lying and defrauding his clients mm-hmm. while telling them over the phone that he's such a nice guy and like systematically 
exploiting them. Yeah, we know? we saw him on uh, an episode last season, and he seemed great. Yeah, I. By great, I mean he seemed like to be in a good place personally, or whatever. Because he was yeah, in the be- middle of defrauding. Oh, my God. I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe that was holding him up. Like, maybe all this stealing and the lying and the deception and the extreme manipulation and the ability to hide his many, many crimes because of his access to all the judges and um, uh, bar associations and state friends and whatever else he was able to do to sustain this for so long mm-hmm. maybe that was helping him in some way and when that's taken away you know he was mr lawyer he was aaron brockovich when that is taken away from you when it all comes tumbling down it wouldn't be surprising to me that that could potentially if this is regardless of what it actually is if that could speed up something else yeah. like you do hear of people who work their entire lives you know, retire or forced to retire and then it's game over because that was how they identified. I just mm-hmm. think it's fascinating when the ways that you looked at yourself versus how you actually behaved are in such polar opposition that like what happens when your body starts going, your body and or mind start going to shit because now we know of all the shit you were doing when you seemed fine and well. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Aaron Brockovich, I would love to know what Julia Roberts thinks about this because oh I feel God. like I feel like with her niece being Emma Roberts I feel like Emma Roberts probably <laughs> Emma Roberts probably watches these shows so is maybe keeping Julia informed on the text chain about what's going on Are are Emma and Julia close do we know that I saw a photo of them like p- playing backgammon recently mm. or, and by recently I mean like a year or two ago <laughs> Okay <laughs> Um, I'm very much into that vibe. I'd also, I feel like maybe Julia would watch Housewives. Yeah, I feel like maybe she, okay. Beverly Hills would actually be the franchise. She, I don't see her as an Orange County oh, person. No, no, no. I actually don't see her as a New York person. Definitely not no. Jersey. I could see her though as BH. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible. Sure. Um, d- does anybody know what Erin Brockovich has said about Tom? I don't know what she said recently, but I know that she was still close with the firm up until recently i feel like i would i heard some stories about when they hired like leanne rhymes for a christmas party recently (laughs) aaron brockovich was like mentioned in like the story about the party so i think she's been in the mix with the firm all these years yeah yeah she gets obviously well she's working for the firm she at least gets invites to the holiday parties yeah so she's like in their close contacts of like people they're still in touch with yeah i'm not saying aaron brockovich is involved in any of this no 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 no. (laughs) i mean from an involvement perspective how are you how do you feel about the ways that erica has portrayed discussed unpacked the dissolution of her marriage to Tom, you know, certainly last episode was giving us an awful lot. Right. The thing for me is that throughout all this, even up until now on like social media, she has showed like not a bit of remorse to the victims of all this. And I understand like she feels potentially like a victim herself as the wife, Mm. but you can do a two prong messaging approach and sorry to the victims first and then sorry to myself second, you know, if like you have nothing to do with this, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's terrible that she is not expressing that, but I wonder how much she is 
being told that she cannot in order to save herself. But she's acting up. On I know social. she's acting up. That's yeah. Yeah. It's like, to me, I have heard that defense. Um, uh, I mean, Brian has written about it in his recaps of Beverly Hills that like, perhaps the reason that she is not, I think he has, mm-hmm. I might be fucking this up, but like perhaps the reason that Erica has not expressed contrition specific to that on camera is, due to some sort of legal reasoning but then i think exactly what brendan does which is like if she was listening to her lawyers about that but not about her behavior online then there's a real problem with erica because her ability to completely cast aside the actual faces and names of the people who were irreparably harmed by her husband's criminal behavior in order to at least in some ways pay for the shoes pay for mikey (laughs) pay Mm -hmm. for whatever else And you're online gallivanting and telling people to shut the fuck up and like just being an awful lot. I don't know what the harm is in saying, gosh, I feel so terribly for the people involved versus you guys can all shut the fuck up in a tweet. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that those equal each other. Mm -hmm. And from a from the perspective of like liability, I don't know that expressing sadness not even remorse or contrition but just sadness about what has happened to these people is crossing a line that being nasty on social is not right i don't see like what is the point to her being online right now like we know Mm -hmm. what we know what the point of her being on the show is to get a check but being online is not getting her a check it's not like she's doing sponsored content or anything so why not just be offline but I think, like, maybe in her brain, like, being relevant is the most important thing and being famous is the most important thing because that will eventually get her a check and mm-hmm. someday. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild process because I do think in order to not completely go insane when you are in the middle of this, like, never-ending press tabloid bravo community frenzy where a lot of people are saying you knew all of this i mean sidebar a lot of unanswered questions about the like 20 million dollar loan and Mm -hmm. there there are things that i think people have legitimate questions and concerns about but about the fact that you know tom gave her like a 20 million dollar loan to her company that she was like the president and i don't know what the fuck but there are questions of things that are like are you not wondering why this is happening and how do you think of it now that we know so much more than you maybe did then? But regardless, it feels like a defense mechanism or survival instinct when a lot of people are trying to hold you accountable with legitimate concerns. And a lot of people are saying, I hope you die. Mm -hmm. You are the devil. You are the absolute worst person maybe the processing mechanism is to put all of that in the bucket of troll Mm. so that you don't have to acknowledge anything else, which to me means, okay, well, that's the way that she's going to process it. Maybe that has something to do with the character she's portraying online too, but that also means it's very important that the cast isn't only the Fox Force 5 because mm-hmm. they're going to be lobbying right. the most delicate balls at her that they possibly can. Yeah. It's why it's so important that there are people like Sutton there 
who are saying truly like no big deal stuff. The the line from Sutton, if I remember this correctly, and then it's it's like her being like maybe we were misled, right. something along, and that is what lit a fire under Erica's ass. Imagine if it was someone else saying, I maybe Erica Jane misled, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. putting more specificity there. Maybe that will happen next season, but I would think it would be a very different environment, one that she could not ignore or just simply lose her mind over. Yeah. If I'm a member of the Fox Force 5 right now, I don't know why, like, if it were me, I would not be still eggs in the Erica, eggs in the Erica basket. I would take my eggs away, you know? Yeah, take the eggs. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, let's talk about that. What what is the risk involved in staying? Uh, it's so weird to say friends because it's so obvious that Erica's version of friendship has absolutely nothing to do with like real stakes and vulnerability yeah. or truth or honesty, which is where I would lose my mind. But um, from the perspective of Teddy, who we don't care about, she's no longer here, mm-hmm. and was she ever? But from the perspective of Kyle. Rena, Dorit, and who's oh, and Teddy and yeah, and Erica. Yeah. From the perspective of the remaining three plus Erica, what is in it for them if they distance themselves? The, if they distance themselves from her and maybe each other, like genuinely, what what benefit does that serve? Uh, do you think they are all actually friends? The only, I mean, obviously I think Teddy and, and Kyle are friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dorit and Kyle seem to have become closer friends over the past yeah. like two years. But like, mm-hmm. is Erica f- actually friends with any of them? Or are they just like show friends? Allies? Yeah. Yeah, I think an ally is probably the strongest, truest form. But as we have seen, like, I don't know what, friendship is to erica yeah i right. don't know i think they're allies not in the gay way they're allies in like, the war <laughs> in the war way because there is a difference <laughs> i mean i think probably many um i might be just imagining this but i would think many of erica's friends were employees yeah mikey yeah leia or layla yeah I keep talking up her name I and then the leia. other kind of friend it seemed to be people who tom knew through yeah. lawyering about yeah yeah it's so interesting to me that like erica you know came onto the show as like yeah i snack like whatever i love an appetizer like i'm shooting this shit i'm like i got all this money but i'm still funny i'm still got mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and then she morphed into erica jane who is very dry but maybe lost some of her her humor throughout mm-hmm. the process of morphing into Erica Jane full time and in her, you know, celebrity and success with Beverly Hills. And it's like, I wonder what kind of friend Erica is to the other women if she's if she's not sharing any kind of if she is comp- if she is defensive in all of the ways that she has expressed until literally last week mm-hmm. or the week prior, right. how does that change the state of affairs in the friendships that she has with these women on and off camera? Because is it is she really showing 
that she cares these women by disclosing this information that we all understand is happening to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are watching the show and reading about this. If I was one of her friends, I would be like, okay, well, she's getting a divorce. So now she feels like she doesn't have to keep the confidences of her husband and the power imbalance, whatever else. Mm -hmm. But also like, what if there's a vested interest that she has in sharing all of this is my expression of empathy or sympathy just kind of a part of that picture? You know, like how do you as a friend to someone who has been revealed to be a participant or witness or victim, however mm -hmm. you look at this dynamic of a huge criminal enterprise, which is sort of what we're looking at with the Tom of it all, like, and she's now sharing this stuff. Is it because she has hit such bottom that she has no choice but to share or she's mm -hmm. feeling freedom through all the constraints? Or am I a part of her strategy to get out of all of this? You well, know, I think she at this point that we're watching she, Erica herself started to see the writing on the wall that things are about to get bad, which is why mm -hmm. she's revealing all this stuff, which is why she's talking about the other women, which is why. She posted that thing on Instagram back in what November um, about with the screenshots mm -hmm. of oh my God, like Nokia. doxing that judge <laughs> who um, allegedly had an affair with Tom. So I think she's kind of just like doing everything she can right now to make herself not look bad. And that is like also like the car story. And like we previously heard the car story and it didn't seem as serious as now. She he drove off a cliff. Mm. wouldn't you be if you were friends with someone wouldn't you tell them that your her your husband just drove off a cliff and i need help like it's it's wild i also think like who is supporting her aside from her employees i guess that's where you put this is what happens when you hire your friends yeah. or you make your employees into friends like mm -hmm. He broke his clavicle. I think he broke ribs. He broke his ankle. Mm -hmm. And she's talking on camera about how he's now a baby, but he was also unconscious for 12 hours or whatever. That's a serious injury. I understand him potentially being like, don't you dare tell a single person because I've, I've got crimes to commit and my cow is full. <laughs> so, like, I don't want you to tell anybody anything because my career and access to bank accounts means literally everything to me. But mm -hmm. I just can't imagine processing your husband driving off of a something and landing somewhere and finding him or not right but seemingly him having serious injuries and not wanting to tell anyone and then presenting that as information in this larger narrative if i was any one of those women hearing this i would have so many follow-up questions and yet i also know this is a woman under enormous stress right now so maybe those don't get asked then, mm -hmm. but I would think eventually someone would be like, hey, yeah, like what kind of friends are we now? Right. You know, mm. we need a new friendship contract. One, your husband has not drafted. Mm -hmm. Like we need a an understanding of the ways that we are going to help each other which also means telling you the truth. Yeah. I guess in my fantasy, I don't even th think that far because I don't picture mm -hmm. them as friends. 
like I I no, I, I, I picture them as as cat like cat coworkers, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like I have so many coworkers who I'm even clo- <laughs> like I'm closer than these women trying to be friend like pr- trying to pretend to be friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have coworkers back when I had a job mm. who know the ins and outs of dating stuff. Where yeah. I was like, just one second, let me just tell you about this guy and this thing that happened at like three a.m. <laughs> Hold on one second, we'll get on that call in a minute. So anyway, you know, like I have, I have when I was dealing with health challenges, they knew I would have doctors mm-hmm. call, you know, like and family stuff. I I just feel like when you develop a relationship with someone and you care about that person, you care about what's going on in their life. And as they knew stuff about me, I knew stuff about them. And it was important to support each other, especially when emergencies happen, you know, it's right. Life is so short. Why would you want to? uh, Yeah. Not to give PK any credit in anything, but when he said that Erica is inherently cold, (sighs) maybe he had a point. I mean, there are ways that I watched Giselle this week where she's like, I'm just kind of emotionally cold, but I, like I'm working on it. And she's mm-hmm. talking about dealing with her children. Mm-hmm. And then we'd look at Erica and it's like, yeah. And that could, again, be a survival instinct. That could also be a part of her personality. Mm-hmm. I don't think of the sharing stuff as like crossing boundaries. Well, I, I have established boundaries with people where I'm like, you're actually sharing too much with mm-hmm. me. But with people that you are, you become friends with you you decide how your relationship is going to exist inside and outside of the work environment and I would think it is an entirely different matter when you're filming a reality tv show especially one where conflict is the honorary cast member Mm -hmm. and maybe you say you know like gloves are off during filming that seems to be Rinna's style and then once we're done or the new season begins there may or may not be a little bit of a reset but Mm -hmm. when it comes to Erica I just can't I don't know I don't know what that makes me but I really put a lot of trust in the people that I have in like my inner circle Mm -hmm. and I look at myself as the kind of friend who is there to support regardless of whether you are asking me to do so and if I was finding out all of this information within or very soon after the context of finding out this man who had been positioned in a certain way was a liar right. and a thief, I think I would feel a certain way and have the right to feel some amount of betrayal mm-hmm. to her. He is a monster, so it's like he can go fuck himself. He doesn't owe me anything just as I don't owe him anything because the person he should apologize to isn't me. It's like all of the people who lost all of their life savings and, like, you know, um, sense of hope. Mm -hmm. But from an Erica perspective, I mean, I wouldn't feel great. I think Erica, like... Just doesn't have any real friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she's and she has the right to be lonely, I guess. And it sounds like she right? she has said how she has gotten mm-hmm. support from her son. Like their relationship has grown grown closer. I think didn't she mention that in mm-hmm. a confessional? Maybe I don't know. And doesn't she have a mom too in Georgia? Yeah, in Georgia, yeah. So I wonder Georgia. if like those two people might have a bigger role in her life. And obviously she's not, she doesn't show the son at all. And we only briefly mm-hmm. met the mom. So they mm-hmm. m- might be bigger figures in her life than friends, really. 
I don't know. I mean, listen, if I was her son or her mom and her son works in. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a cop. He, I would. Erica didn't want to show her son on camera until or, or in a photo until she did so um, on social at some point during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the reason that she did so is because she said she didn't want to put him into any sense of danger, you know, working as a cop in L.A. as he does. I have nothing but respect for that decision. She has every right to do so. And I am in not I am in no position to judge someone for wanting to make sure her son has privacy for reasons having to do with his uh, health and safety. That being said, how much danger did you put your son in by associating with this man for several years who it turns out is a fucking criminal? Mm. Like, what's worse, showing your son having breakfast at your breakfast nook or him finding out, as all of his colleagues do in the entire country, that his stepfather is a fucking crook? Yeah. The breakfast nook is worse. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I wonder if part of the reason he, the son never shows up is also he, what if he knew like how not good their relationship was? So he didn't want to be like an an actor. Like he's also living on campus. Yeah, exactly. He's living on campus. Where is his, like, I wonder where his new place is. Cause he's not in the third bedroom. Cause that's full of shoes. Mm, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Wait, where does he, because he moved out at some point of their estate. Was that before or after the news broke? I thought he lived. I thought he lived there until recently when she moved out. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So I wonder. I mean, like, talk about the fact that she talks about how good of a, a supportive figure Tom was in her young son's life when they got together, and it's like, I wonder what that dynamic is now because. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that your son is a fellow, which would be a different kind of betrayal if her son was a lawyer. It's not that her son is a businessman, which would also, there's so, any way you look at it, it's a betrayal. If he Mm -hmm. was a businessman, I would think it would be a form of betrayal. But her son works in law enforcement Mm. and he was doing this shit. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. How does that, how does that work? How do you work yourself out of that? I don't necessarily feel bad for the son as much as I do the victims of the plane crash or whatever. But yeah, it's an interesting way to think about it. Like what are the dynamics between Tom and the son these days, if anything, or do they even have like as good of a relationship as we've been told with Erica? Everything is like smoke and mirrors. So it's like, it's her narrative, what she decides to share. And that's that, but we're learning that things weren't perfect behind the scenes. So and, but I don't think she's ever going to be, like, truly honest with us. Mm-hmm. Not that any of these women are, but her especially. <laughs> is She's, like, the least honest. Is there any possibility that she'll come out of this more honest than ever? Where it's, like, she has, no tr- she has nothing left to give but truth? To me, the moment of truth is the reunion. Does she show up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a turning point, I would say. 
I mean, Dorit said 100% she'll be there. There's no, Erica cannot afford to not attend every mandated anything, especially when there are financial liabilities associated with not being there. Yeah. She's, And I'm sure there's a conversation with her legal teams and Bravo and the network as far as like, you cannot go near this or you can ask me this and know that I'm going to tell you I can't discuss it and then figure out a way to balance all of this because she is, her negotiating power next season is going to be wild because she brings an awful lot of story in terms of this being on the public's greater interest in what is happening and how this all turns out mm-hmm. but also she can't be like you owe you need to pay me more like what no she's gonna there the counter would be like here's a nickel you <laughs> right. know because like we know you need it so <laughs> what are you how, how is that negotiate gonna go i know and it's not like she can get a lot of other streams of income because just like everything around her is so bad. Like she can't do shoe dazzle again because is shoe dazzle going to want like Erica Jane fraud money shoes or whatever. I don't know how this is going to turn out. The only thing that I do feel fairly confident in, which means I'm probably going to be a (laughs) hundred percent wrong is that she's not going anywhere anytime soon. And it does help her that, to state most obviously she's not being charged with anything Mm. she had rather let me rephrase that she has not yet been charged with anything Mm -hmm. she and so the level of suspicion that people have or the level of um absolute that people have over her involvement or knowledge is so tbd and so unknown as it likely will stay i just think that she is gonna be here for a while regardless of whether or not she wants it and she may well really want it because it's maybe the only thing that she has left Mm -hmm. yeah the only thing that makes her different though to me than like Teresa or even like Jen Shaw right now is Mm. we know the faces of the victims of the firm Mm -hmm. like we we watched the documentary with the other Kim and Kathy um, I don't know if you noticed that Kim and Kathy, the two women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so we know their faces, which is different than like we don't know who was negatively impacted by Teresa and Joe, and we mm-hmm. haven't heard yet about who was impacted by Jen Shaw. Though I do feel like there could be a documentary in the mix there. Mm. How could there not be? Right. Oh well, with Teresa, it was like the bank. The financial yeah, system. N- <laughs> nobody likes the bank. Fuck the bank. It was like the bank or. Melania, like, who are you more sympathetic yeah. towards, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Teresa's, like, very Robin Hood in that way. <laughs> oh, my God, wow. Just ki- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, kidding. I mean, it turns out maybe Joe was poor. So, yeah, she's stealing from the rich and giving to <laughs> probably some canceled checks or whatever. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. They pay in cash. Um, And, you know, pivoting just a little bit, the the greater conversation around the shows currently airing are something along the lines of like Potomac is prestige mm. spiritually and otherwise. Yeah. Beverly Hills is having a Renaissance style season where Erica's whatever one could argue is in the top three stories happening right now. It's mm-hmm. not just like it's Erica yeah. and only Erica. So there's a lot happening and people seem pretty happy 
with what's going on in New York and Beverly Hills. And I'm sorry. Oh, my God. In Potomac and Beverly mm-hmm. Hills. And then we have New York. Mm. How do you feel about this season so far? I think we uh, don't mind it as much as some people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking glad I <laughs> I think... I think there's like this weird hive mind among like all the Bravo accounts. It's like Roni is over. It's dead. Bury it. Don't exhume it ever. Like (laughs) we're done. And I think me and Dan are like, yeah, it's like, we definitely need more women in the mix. Um, We're not, there's not enough storylines just because of the like makeup of the cast. The cast is small and they also don't have a lot of like family stuff going on. Like we see in other cities, which is besides people dying. Yeah, besides people dying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, I have felt like the most recent episode, there was interesting things and new things happening that I'm getting a little more excited about. Like the Leah versus Luann and like the the Christmas song thing, yeah. I thought was a little more interesting. I just wish they keep on rejecting other women coming in. Mm-hmm. So like when Heather Holla Thompson came in, they're like, no, we don't want you. Like the cast is saying bye. And then they tried mm-hmm. to do that with Bershawn. But it's like, just we need, need more bodies in the room to film, is what yeah, who, it needs. Who yeah. told them they had the right to say no? Right, to be exactly. Like, yeah. You need to replace that energy with something else. Your energy can't only be, we are better than you, or we don't want to do this. When Because when that happens, when you get what you want, we lose everything. I mean, I don't know. Is the greater conversation that the show is over, or is it that this season is terrible? It feels like week to week people are like, it's the worst thing in the world. And I'm like, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just like, it's not as fun as it was like two seasons yeah. ago. What, what doesn't make sense to me, and I could forgive them for last season because Bethany apparently quit like the day before filming started. It didn't tell right? them. They found out online. So, mm-hmm. so they couldn't shift the money around, send out new contracts to women, blah, blah, blah. What, like where where is the Bethany money going to right now? You know, right? Like can, right. we should be funding like several <laughs> low paid first season housewives because they only get like they they get below six figures for their first yeah. their first season. So like let's do another eight woman cast like we did that crazy season uh, like seven or whatever it was. Also, New York is so diverse, and I mean that also in terms of money. Like, where is the Brooklyn, mm. um, uh, oh my God, what was the name of that fucking terrible, weird woman cult where everything was millennial pink? Um, where is the um, weird we were okay, thing okay. Mm-hmm. for women who have lots of cash, uh, and God bless them, but like, where is the go getter? baller lady entrepreneur um who maybe has had 10 years past her great enormous success and she's looking for something fun like where are the moms in brooklyn or non-moms in down somewhere downtown or uh a new kind of tinsley right are women who i think would be more than happy to do this show especially if they're pissed that their kids are like super famous on tiktok or something right who want to reestablish the power structure where are those people because i feel like casting is veering way 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 left where is allison roman 
as you may know, she revealed on Pet Shop Boys uh, podcast that she was approached by casting for. Wait, Allison Roman, the chef. Like Am the, I thinking New York? The chef. Yes. yes. The one that Chrissy Teigen canceled and now has been uncanceled by the canceling of Chrissy Teigen. What? When was she approached? Uh, like B- before or after? It's the Teigen. It's stuff unclear happened. of the timeline. It sounds like it might have been after the Teigen canceling, but. And she said what? And what was her response? I think she said no. Well, she doesn't watch Housewives, so she doesn't even like oh, know. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I don't want that. I don't but want like, that. I don't want someone who's too cool for but, school. I need you to. But know. she, I think, could have brought something interesting to the the franchise. Yeah, and now I mean, dinner. Yeah, dinner. Uh-huh. I, and now I feel like it'll less be a storyline. We're ten years later from like Manhattan versus Brooklyn, and now. Now that I've moved to Brooklyn, it's a little more acceptable. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I mean, Brooklyn is super cool. I mean, like, let's keep it real. Brooklyn is like very cool. Yeah. And, and there's fucking money. There's a there's lot a of money. Sh- Cobble Hill is like so much. You trip and land on a bajillion dollar whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's they have so much money that much more money than like living in. I don't know, wherever downtown, yeah. it, right. it just feels like we're really missing out. And that energy is needed. The The OG energy, I'm sorry. It's currently, to me, tanking the ship. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm really not. I'm genuinely, I'm not sorry. Ramona and, to some extent, Luann yeah. are dragging this shit fucking down for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just personally, selfishly. I want some new faces and relationships in here and figure out what the fuck to do with Leah. Well, like speaking of fraud, it's like with not for not fraud, like <laughs> actually legally, but like Luann moves to a new apartment that she gets in the city for the six months of filming every single year. Mm. And nobody wants mm. to talk about how she doesn't actually live in New York city. She is a Sag Harbor gal and that's great. And she's always getting new apartment. It's like, it's kind of frustrating. Well, Sag Harbor's closer than, the distance that all the Potomac wives live from each other. They are hours apart. That is true. That is true. I mean, but at least we know where they live. Yeah. Yeah, The Luann stuff is interesting, especially because Dorinda's trigger was the fact that Tinsley was only in New York to film and otherwise lived in Palm Beach slash West Palm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like that was one of her many complaints against Tinsley. Mm. But if Luann is doing the same thing, but I guess has more power... That's always an interesting dynamic as well. Sarah, do you want Dorinda back or no? 100%. Absolutely. Okay. But the problem is that they said she was on a pause hmm. and nobody explicitly told her, or maybe they did, and she just didn't agree to it, what it means to be on pause <laughs> when you're getting the exact same critique, which is like, you need to maybe dry out or work on your anger. Mm. They're connected, but you can't really fix one without the other mm-hmm. or grow from this. And I don't think based on her behavior and her responses to press stuff and whatever else since this happened, I don't think she has had any interest in that which is why the language i think about pause was more for us Mm. than for her Mm -hmm. because i think ultimately they're going to need to make a decision and my guess is that she's gotten she's gotten additional power because of the response to this season where they're going to have to decide to themselves okay 
you know, we said we were putting her on pause because we needed her to work on some stuff. What happens if we really need her and she has done absolutely nothing of what we hoped she would do? I think what's going to happen, and maybe this is just my fantasy, I think we are going to see her and Bethany coming back, locking arms. (laughs) That's your fantasy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I feel like the reality, it seems like there's more buzz about a Tinsley return, like a post Mm -hmm. Scott. Let's get back in arm in arm with Leah, go to what's his face in the boxing ring and like box it out. I feel like that's more believable to me right now than Dorinda coming back, sadly, even though I miss her, but I don't think she has recovered from where she was at emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. They might not need her to anymore. They might decide that the value she brings regardless is too great. Mm. Um, to force upon her or broach the idea that there is a problem here and she it doesn't have long-term staying power without it maybe they thought that by putting her on pause she could remain someone who might have a longer future on Mm. there than what she will end up happening because she does not seem to be as interested in what it may take to unpause oneself prior to this season beginning to air. Right. Yeah. We shall see. I mean, we shall see. I just want to get your closing thoughts. I mean, I do have to ask you about Leah Mm. because she is seemingly a trigger for some people, a longer discussion for others. She's having a bit of a season, I guess is the way that one could call that whatever she's currently going through um how are you watching her friendship with ebony play out and um you know if you were to have a conversation with leah what would the framework be for that talk interesting so i'm two minds with leah i like her friendship with ebony i'm glad that ebony has somebody on the cast to like actually talk to mm-hmm. normally but if I were to say to Leah, I would say you are breaking the number one rule of improv Mm. by constantly saying no. (laughs) She did it with Heather Halla. She's like doing it at every turn. Like when she decided the episode, I think this is what was the turning point in the season for everyone where we're like, oh, we're in a bad place. The episode where she decided to take a vow of silence during a full day of filming. It's like that is not the point of being on this show. Mm-hmm. Let's say yes and and make some fucking TV, please. Yeah, I'm of the mind that I, you know, don't agree with a lot of her opinions or positions, but I find her just like watchable and compelling. So, mm-hmm. I don't see I I don't need to like all my housewives as people. Absolutely. So, like the fact that I don't want to like hang out or or, like agree with everything she's saying, like doesn't mean I want her off the show. I think like there could be people that I find interesting to watch that make the show work. So I don't know. Okay. Can I do something super unfair, but I'm the devil. So here we go. If I name a housewife, can you tell me whether or not you want them on next Mm. season specific to New York? Because I am the antichrist. Leah, do you want her on or no? Yeah. Okay. Ebony. Yeah. Yeah. Bershawn. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I okay. feel like we need to see more. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, for me, I'm like, if that's who we're going to get, we need more bodies. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
True. Uh, Luann. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ramona. Yeah. No! Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, from you <laughs> I both? think so. More bodies, more bodies. Yeah, more. Uh, yes, and. We're yes, anding everyone. <laughs> and if we're, and if we're like, bringing old people back, I feel like it's important to have Ramona in the mix because of her history on the show. Mm. Because of her history with Tinsley? <laughs> and, who, and whoever. And whoever. If it's Bethany and Dorinda so coming arm back. to arm. Yeah. Well, okay. So right now we have five cast members plus Bershawn, right? Right. So Bershawn's up in the air right now. So that means we have five. Let's bring at least one person back and two brand new people. I think those are great suggestions. I think that a part of the yes anding when it comes to casting, though, or the the issue of having too few women is also the issue of who are the women who are too few. Because in some areas, in some franchises, you may have too few women, but the women that you have are really yeah. strong. If someone is potentially bringing down the ship or is just not giving us what we need or it has maybe been there too long yeah. – we can always respect her history as an OG, but I think sometimes one of the best ways to add to the show is to remove whomever is like the weakest link. And for me, the weakest link having nothing to do with her like politics, but also everything to do with her character and how she behaves on camera yeah. or lack thereof or only in the worst ways. I, from an instincts perspective, if like, yes, and is the, the you know lesson we should all learn i feel like the yes and with ramona is like yes get rid of her and bring in someone new. so i mean i'm not married to her yeah. saying but i think no i hear you i hear you it's also ramona so it's really tough to talk about because i think people some people like to say yeah get the fuck rid of her but then you might miss her you really really might miss her when she's gone so for me one of the big moments of the season was the seance and the stuff with Ramona and Sonia, I was mm -hmm. like, I can't believe I am seeing this play out after, yeah. you know, 13 years with Ramona, That's a great point. Uh, That's 11 a great years point. with Sonia. I brought the, bro I bought the brother's book. <laughs> Ramona's brother who came to her yes. in, um, in the seance has a book called Aspen, Snow, Blow and Bow, a true story by Bowden Mazur. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it up for those. Brendan is holding it up. What is it about? It's about no? Aspen, Snow, Blow, and so Bow. He, he's a, he was a ski bum who, like, yeah. lived this, like, carefree life, selling drugs. So, like, there, like mean, here's this whole thing about in Ramona's life that we don't even know about and then just came to us in a... <laughs> through, through I've done deep plane. dives on... I've done deep dives on all the siblings, yes. like their Facebooks. There's the two sisters, the one that we saw on the show. Then there's the other one yes. who's never been on the show. Who I've her Facebook, most of it's public. I forget her first name, Sonia. but it's an easy Google. Oh yeah, it's Sonia. Her sister's name is Sonia, which is like a whole nother layer. Like Sonia yeah. Morgan is her sister, but she actually has a Sonia already. Wow, that's super dark when you think yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Brendan, I'm so excited for you to tell me all about that book once. I know. <laughs> I need to get into it. I have like a stack of books that I need to get through, but 
Can you do me a favor? Just open a random page and give me two sentences. Sure. <laughs> well, just while, Let's do while he looks at the page, reading the reviews, like one of the reviews are like, this is such a poorly written book. It's like spelling er- grammar errors. Um, yeah. <laughs> it runs in the family. When I, I did like a little AG book club with Ramona's book and mm-hmm. my favorite day was turning the page. And I like said this on an episode of AG, like I'm just going to turn a page and read the And the sentence was like, look at my very fit body or something with a photo of her in a bikini. Like, not exactly Hemingway, but maybe. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I found a paragraph about Ramona, which I think, okay. So Ramona was popular and always on the phone with someone in her clique. Because of that, our mother insisted our father get another phone line with a separate number just for Ramona. It was located in her private bedroom, which was in the biggest, newest house on Reservoir Road. She could look out her bedroom window, see the Hudson River, and watch the sunset as it did behind the Catskill Mountains. She was royalty in our house. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Very different from Ramona's recollection. Huh. Right. He did, when he was still alive, he did drag her in the press a little bit, if you want to Google that. I, it's it's a long, dark K-hole yeah. of this family. Yikes. Oh, Mike. Well, that's something to look forward to. I know what I'm doing later tonight. Um, Can you give a little bit of uh, insight into how people can listen to, subscribe to Come Through Queen, follow you guys online? Give us the deets. Give us the info. So it's a one-stop shop. You just go to comethroughqueen.com. You got links to Spotify, Apple, uh, whichever you prefer, our socials, individual plus the... um, social for the account, uh, the podcast as well. So yeah, just like one stop shop, come through queen.com. Yeah. Love it. And it's through T H R U. So guys come through queen. You must listen to it. ASAP. As soon as you're done with this episode, after you rate, um, Annie's girl. And speaking of five stars, guys, the Andy's girls, Summer Zoom Winter Charm. <laughs> Andy's Girls Patreon. Oh my Zoom God. <laughs> I know, right? What a name. I'm the <laughs> only person that actually genuinely liked that name. Oh. Everyone else, including Andy, was like, this is the worst name. And I, to this day, still enjoy it. I think it's really wow. funny. So um, you can rake me over the coals for that in the upcoming uh, Andy's Girls Patreon Zoom Kiki. It will be this coming Sunday, August 8th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Come for the delight. Talk to me. Talk to each other. And also, you know, it's exclusive to the Patreon supporters at the OG of the AG and People's People's Couch level. Join the Andy's Girls Patreon. You get info and invites on two exclusive events, including that one and uh, bonus episodes. There are two bonus episodes that just went up. One in which I unpack many, many satchels of gold about all things Erica and Tom and another with a bonus episode with recent Andy's Girls classic guest, Ryan Houlihan. Nice. We talk an awful lot about New York and Leah and Sonia and so much else. Um, and while you're online, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley because, you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm the dame behind the account. <laughs> but uh, do that. That'd be great. And some exciting news is coming up. So um, you are going to want to follow me on social for that. Trust me. Uh, guys, thank you 
so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you. It was so, and Dan, it, your first time on, it was so delightful to oh. talk to you both together. I would love to do this again soon. I just think you guys are so smart and so thoughtful in how you watch and talk about housewives and we need more of that in the world so i'm really i'm thankful for the energy you both bring to the discourse because i think it makes all of us um be a whole lot better so thank, thank you. you that's so sweet Uh, me and erica just the two of us guys i hope you are staying safe staying sane getting vaccinated if you can and we will talk to you soon bye-bye